We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of Your Welcome Radio. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, founder of Coachable. I'm a corporate dropout and recovering people pleaser turned online entrepreneur, speaker, and self-love junkie. And each week, I bring you a thought or a guest to help you get inspired, stay connected, and slay your fear dragons. So get ready to thank yourself for listening, because you're welcome here. You guys, how are you doing? Are you fine? Well, I used to say that all the time. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I was not fine. I define fine as feelings internally not expressed. And that was me for so many years until all of the unprocessed emotions and circumstances that I'd been pushing down for so long bubble up to the surface and came exploding out in a not so pretty way. That's why I asked for help, and I learned healthy strategies for dealing with uncomfortable emotions. And this is a time that all of us are experiencing massive uncertainty and therefore increased amounts of stress and anxiety. And so I created the Master Your Emotions 10-Day Challenge that's available all month of April for only $29. And in this challenge, I give you tools and strategies from teachings on how we recycle negative emotion in order to continue to avoid feeling and how we can actually release it. I talk about suppression strategies. I talk about understanding the difference in the feelings that we have and what actual emotions are, as well as how emotion gets stored in the body. If you didn't know, we're energetic beings. Yes, we have a physical body, but energy is flowing through our body at all times. Sometimes we're using more mental or physical energy during the day when we're conscious and awake. However, when we're sleeping, we're using less energy. Well, the same goes for our emotions. As you've heard me say, emotion is energy in motion. And when we suppress, we actually block that energy from being able to go all the way through. And then it results in all types of dis-ease. So in the Master Your Emotions 10-Day Challenge, I give you so many practical tools for how to release, process, feel, and express great 
and the not so great emotions that we all experience in this thing called life. So while it's still available, jump in the 10 day challenge for only $29 and 29% of that goes to the Red Backpack Fund to support local female founded businesses during COVID-19. This challenge will not be available after April 30th. So jump in it now while you still can and give to a great cause. You can jump in it today by going to the link that's in the show notes and signing up. I can't wait to see you there. You guys, how's it going? Welcome back to the show. I hope you're all thriving during quarantine, but statistics show probably not all of us are doing that right now. It's probably weighing on you. However many days we're into this now is starting to feel a bit redundant. And even though we've probably gotten a handle on a routine and working from home and now creating structure in our days from living from the couch, it can still feel a bit isolating and hard to accept that this is a new normal. If that's you, trust me, you're not alone. But I also just want to acknowledge that this is still a really difficult time for so many people. And the uncertainty that we're facing is not over. Yes, states are starting to open back up. The city of Atlanta is leading the charge on that. Whether you agree or not, it doesn't really matter. But there are efforts that are being made to try to resume somewhat of former normal life. But the thing is, life will never go back to normal the way we used to live. Things are changing. We're innovating. We're pivoting our businesses, creating more automation, and that will sustain and stay. So there are people that are concerned and uncertain about the future of their jobs. Is my job actually going to stay one or is it going to be outsourced to a robot? (laughs) Believe it or not, that's actually a thing. If you've been into a really modern grocery store lately, there are some where you can get a grocery cart that is a smart cart. You can check out right from your cart and never even swipe your cart. So needless to say, things are changing and we're not going to go back to the old way of doing things. But that creates a lot of uncertainty for so many of us. And if I know anything about human behavior, That uncertainty is creating so much stress for a lot of you. We love and crave certainty and knowing the future. We're desperate to try and figure things out so that we can avoid painful experiences. And trust me, I get it. It sounds reasonable and smart even. We want to protect ourselves. Why would I want to experience pain? Trust me, I get it. I've experienced a lot of pain and discomfort in my life. And that's why earlier this week, I posted something that got a lot of your attention. I got more comments in my direct messages, in the comments, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on LinkedIn. These This post almost went viral. And I really talked about my experience with coming into acceptance of the way life is. So if you didn't get a chance to look at it, I'll give you kind of the synopsis. So when I think about my childhood, I knew very early on in my life 
that our house, our family home, was not in the quote-unquote rich neighborhood or rich zip code. And that became more and more clear as I got older, specifically when I went from elementary school to middle school. The reason for that was I was for the first time around kids that I had never gone to school with. And I was also right about that age where all of us start to learn who we are and build these identities of who we're supposed to be. And there were so many kids that seemed to be the cool or popular kids that came from the other side of town where their parents were doctors or lawyers or whatever they were, but it was just clear that they were rich and I wasn't. And you might think, oh, poor Tori, but I had so many friends from elementary school who I was so close with and their families had less than mine. And so I also saw what they went through as they started to go through the same experience and transition and be around this new set of people and how they were treated. And something in me as a child just thought, this isn't okay. You know, I was trying to fit in. I was trying to be liked. I was trying to make friends. But it was pretty clear early on that I was different and I was going to have to work really hard to make them like me. And that sucked. And that started the beginning of an identity crisis, of a trying to please mentality, of this needing to be perfect in order to belong. And later that year, in my sixth grade year in middle school, I had a boyfriend somehow, and he was rich. (laughs) His dad was a doctor. And I was a tomboy. I loved playing sports. And I just loved competition. And so something in me was like, I'm going to go out for the football team. And the guy that I was quote unquote dating heard me say that I wanted to play football. And he was like, Tori, I'm going to break up with you if you play football. But I didn't let that stop me from going to the tryouts. I worked out with the guys. I got through all of the tryouts. And then I walked away that day and I told the coach begrudgingly, I'm sorry, coach, I can't play on the football team this year. The helmet is just too heavy. But the truth was, I just really didn't want to be rejected by my boyfriend. And regardless of the fact that I didn't play, he still rejected me. And I still experienced that pain. And again, in my life, I had this feeling like it's not supposed to be this way. He told me that he wouldn't break up with me if I didn't play, and I didn't. So why did he still leave? And there was just this underlying message that something's wrong. It shouldn't be this way. So all through middle school, I was really trying to find my way. And then I got into a group of friends that were really into Bible study and church and youth group. And so I found that as a way to fit in and to have friends. So I started going with them to church every single Wednesday. And it was a way for me to socialize and be around my friends and also feel good about what I was doing, that I was being a good girl, you know? Well, I thought, you know, the church was going to be a place where I could really find belonging. And it was. It was somewhere that I 
found and called home for a long time. And then there was a time that it became extremely clear from one of the youth pastors at the church that I attended. This was now into high school and the friends that I had that I was really close with, their parents gave significant amounts to the church and mine didn't. And I was treated very differently because of that. My opinion didn't really matter. How I felt wasn't as significant as my friends. And again, I saw that my value, according to this guy, was dependent on how much money my family gave. And yet again in my life, I just sensed this is not right. It's not supposed to be like this. Something is wrong. And I can look back on my life now and see two decades, 20 years, if not 25 years of all of these moments of heartbreak, of disappointment, of letdown, of pain. And I saw how so much of my time and my energy was spent looking back on the past and thinking, was it my fault? Like, did I do something wrong? Did I deserve that? What happened? Why would they do that? It must be my fault. Something's wrong with me. That's why this happened. Or just ultimately thinking life is going in the opposite direction of how it should have gone. All of these things are not supposed to be this way, and I'm supposed to reconcile the past. I'm supposed to fix it. And I lived in a constant state of resistance to the way life was because I had this idea that it shouldn't be. And this continued on as a pattern for me for years and years and years through breakups where I just couldn't let go of the resentment and the pain and the heartbreak, because I just thought, they shouldn't do this to me. If I want to be in this relationship, how can they not? Why would they do that? They said they cared. It's not supposed to be like this. And then I made that mean that there was something wrong with me. Again, when my sister got sick, this was not something any of us expected or could control. And some part of me decided this is wrong. It's not supposed to be this way. Same with a tornado that our family lived through that so many were impacted by back in 2011. How could God allow that? It's not supposed to be this way. My mom got sick. My mom passed away. I went through all of these traumas and tragedies and things that caused intense grief And there was just this theme throughout two decades of my life that told me things aren't the way they're supposed to be. But I didn't know how to make them okay. I didn't know how to be okay with the way things were and to accept that things were the way they were for a reason. So I posted about that this week and There's a truth that came to me that really helped me to be able to release that anger, that frustration, that need to, the need to fix the past. 
And that was the idea that what happened, happened. My mom is dead. The guy that I thought I was going to marry left me. My parents got a divorce. They didn't, but I'm giving this as an example. My brother is an addict. I went bankrupt. Whatever your situation is, we look back on it and we think it's not supposed to be that way. I shouldn't have done that. And words like I should, I need to, I must, I have to carry such a weight of limitation and making us wrong and resistance ultimately. And I lived in constant resistance to the way life was when I realized what happened happened and it couldn't happen any other way because it didn't. It just didn't. If it was going to happen any other way, if it should have happened any other way, it would have. And when I think about that, Wow. It gives me so much freedom. My shoulders relax a little bit. The lines in my forehead let go. And I'm relieved of this sense and this burden that it's my fault. Because if things were supposed to happen any other way, They would have. And we suffer when we live in resistance to the way things are. And that's a truth that has truly transformed my life. It has empowered me to give myself the true permission to experience life and to be in harmony with it instead of resistance to it. Well, the post got a lot of attention and it was a lot of great attention, but there were also some folks that didn't love it. I'll be honest. And so what I want to talk about today is how do we deal with haters? The people that don't like us, the people that always have something to say about what you do, how you look, what you're going through, even if it is the best thing that's changed your life, somebody wants to tell you it's wrong. And when I posted this and I got this feedback from somebody, I remembered something else that's really helped me to grow and to evolve into higher levels and new versions of myself, which is that life is always presenting me with people and circumstances to show me where I'm not healed. And anytime we're trying to understand where we're triggered or where we need healing, we should look at the things that trigger us, right? And so I got this message from this guy and it was a novel and he picked apart my caption and my message about my theology and my thinking and how did I come to that and how it's not in alignment with his his ideology. And because of that, there was this huge underlying tone of you're wrong. And I felt this little girl inside of me, the middle school girl who felt 
alienated again, who felt on the outside, who felt like she didn't belong, who felt like she was being judged. And I recognized immediately that, that feeling. Whereas before I came into the way that I'm living and perceiving and seeing the world and with this new worldview, I would have just let that so tick me off, make me resentful, make me spiteful, but also really beat myself up about it and make it mean that I am not good enough, that people don't like me, that people think I'm dumb and they, I don't know what I'm talking about. And all of the things that we think when someone is in opposition to our viewpoint or they don't agree with us or they don't like us or what have you. And what I think is happening and what truly the human condition is all about Fundamentally, we all are looking for that belonging, the belonging that I was looking for as a sixth grade girl. I'm still desiring of that, just like you are. But true belonging does not come from being accepted by anyone else. A real sense of belonging can only come when I myself experience belonging to myself. What that means is the mirror of life is really that the degree to which I have acceptance of who I am and all my humanity, acceptance for all aspects of myself, that is the precursor to experiencing that with any other person. The irony of that is now I don't need it. I don't need his approval. I don't need his validation. I don't need that guy to tell me I'm right because I accept all parts of myself. And that is liberating because as long as I'm looking for love from other people, what I'm saying is that I don't have it, which is a lie. And Now, if I'm looking for love outside of myself from everyone else, I'm living in a pretense where I have to fabricate some type of facade or persona in order to win favor. It's exhausting. It's also futile. And I lived 20 years that way. Who I am isn't enough was the theme of my life. I thought I wasn't enough the way I was. I thought I needed to be richer. I thought I needed to be skinnier. I thought I needed to be prettier. I thought I needed to be more successful. I thought, I thought, I thought all of these things that I needed to change in order to be accepted, liked, and adequate. So if who I am isn't enough and my life then has to constantly match that ideology, if at my core I believe I'm not loved or I'm not good enough, then I'm going to be working in order to get that. Again, it's an exhausting way to live. I was so tired. It's also vibrationally why we're constantly living to prove ourselves because it reiterates the narrative that you will always go out looking for evidence for the story that you tell yourself. If I'm not good enough the way I am, then I'm going to have more evidence that tells me that. I'm going to have more interactions with people like that guy who question my own personal truth. Somebody who's 
only premise is really to make me think that I don't know what I'm talking about. But I have an understanding that his perception of me has nothing to do with me. It's actually a reflection of his own internal state in the way that he views and sees himself. So when all of us can come to the inner peace of accepting who we are, all aspects, then regardless of where we go, who I'm in front of, I no longer am trying to impress or look good. I'm no longer living at the expense of someone else's opinion of me. And that to me is the most freeing and beautiful place a human being can live from because I'm no longer a victim to other people's beliefs of me. And I know that I am not the only one. We all have haters. If you're not doing anything, people aren't going to talk about you. You're probably not doing much. You're probably sitting on the couch, being quiet, not using your voice, and staying small. But when I started to actually show up, when I started my business, when I started this podcast, when I started to post online and share the things that I was learning and then how I was growing, people started to have opinions. I had friends that literally thought, oh, look at Tori. She's trying to be an Instagram model now. And What it is, is actually we're seeing something in someone else that we're not owning and accepting within ourselves. So haters will come and it doesn't matter when you accept and love who you are. Truly, you're not impacted by their opinion because you've already experienced the belonging that you're looking for. It's not outside of you. And I want to share this because it's truly the precursor of peace and acceptance and love and having that in our relationships, in our businesses, in our finances, because I'm not at war with myself. I'm not in resistance to the way that life's unfolding and the the uncertainty that's happening around me. It actually gives me clarity and assurance that I can be at peace no matter what happens. That life isn't happening to me. It's actually happening for me. And because of that, I can live in harmony with the way life is instead of constantly living with my fists up, trying to protect myself from an unavoidable pain that comes in this thing called life. So I want to share this because if you are trying to, to improve yourself in any way, if you're trying to grow, if you're trying to develop, you're going to come up against resistance. People are going to have something to say. Your friend group might not understand why you joined a coaching program. They might say something like, why would you invest money in that when you can go do X, Y, and Z? And they might not understand why you're spending time the way you are, why you're eradicating some of your old habits, why you're not listening to the same music, why you're not eating the same things or going to the same clubs or whatever. When you start to take true conscious time to focus on your own development, trust me, you're going to be hit with resistance. Resistance from yourself, the old way you used to live. And they're going to be like, whoa, why are you trying to get up at 5 a.m. to do a workout? Our body is used to sleeping in. Let's keep going. Let's not interrupt 
the flow and the pattern that we've been doing for the last however long. Yes, you're going to have internal habits and patterns that try to hold on as you try to grow out of them. But there's also going to be the people in your circle that you need to realize might not always see the things the same way. But the way to actually not let that impact you, not detour you and get you off course and now cause you to question yourself, lose trust in yourself and your own inner wisdom is by finding the acceptance for who you are as you are all aspects of yourself, insecurities, imperfections and all. Because when you love yourself, it doesn't matter what someone else thinks. It truly doesn't. And this has been life-changing for me. When I spent years and years and years trying and seeking validation, seeking approval, seeking for somebody to tell me that I was enough, that I was good, I was loved, I was in the crowd, I was part of the team. And I made the team most times. There were, even though I gave so many examples of times where I didn't feel like I belonged, there were a lot of times I did. There were a lot of times I was leading the team, that I was part of the in crowd, that I was one of them. But then there were the moments in my life where I looked at the team I was on. I looked at the people that were in my life and I thought, I don't like this. I don't want to be part of a group or a team that doesn't allow for everyone to be part of it. When I was part of groups that were considered elite or prestigious or whatever. This was especially when I was dating like an MLB player and I was spending time with all the the wags and living this glamorous lifestyle. And I would see the way these men and women of status would look down on people who didn't have the things that they had. And it felt dirty. It felt inauthentic. It felt like I was acting like I was better than everybody else. And I was separating and isolating people that weren't in our circle. And that is in direct conflict with what I know intrinsically to be true for all of us, which is we're all connected. We're all one. And even though it feels at times that we don't belong, we belong to ourselves. We belong to each other. And This has been a journey of me coming into the truth of who I am, that I'm good as I am. I'm not broken. I don't need to be fixed. I don't need to change in order to be liked. If someone doesn't like me, that's fine. That has nothing to do with me and has no impact on the way I see myself. Because at my core, I have reconnected to the truth of who I am, which is good enough, which is love which is wholeness. And that is a gift that only you can give yourself, my friends. You will never find that in somebody else. You will never find that in a partner. You'll never find that in a marriage. You'll never find that in a job, a status, an amount of money. I know because I've been there. You will only find that peace, that belonging, that acceptance when it's something you can give yourself. And that can happen right now. It's something that I teach. It's something that I help people to reconnect with in my programs. And it's the most beautiful and freeing way to live. 
I had spent years and years of my life questioning myself, not trusting myself, thinking that I needed to be different, thinking that the past should be different, thinking that life shouldn't be the way it was and living and suffering because of the resistance that I had to the way life unfolded for me. And some people say, oh, those are just the cards you were dealt. And some people just get shittier hands. Well, that's bullshit. Saying something shouldn't be the way it is. It's like going outside and saying the sun should be over there. Like how audacious for me to think that I know how things should be. We'd never say that, right? We, we would never say that because we understand that the power of Mother Nature and how it's beyond our individual control is so perfect, even if we have uncertainty about it, even if we don't fully understand it. Yet we live our lives this way. And when we look at life as a whole, not just the sun, not just the wind, not just the storms, etc., that includes human beings and the way that things are. And so for us to be out to find a similar sense of harmony with other people and the way things are in our day-to-day lives as life is unfolding is where we find peace because I'm no longer saying life shouldn't be different than it is. That acceptance is the precursor to living a life where you thrive instead of survive. Because that's what I did. When I can come into acceptance, then I'm no longer in a fight or flight state where my brain is constantly looking for danger and I'm trying to control and manipulate my environment, which is really just a byproduct of me feeling uncomfortable in my own skin and being under the impression that my happiness is a byproduct of me finalizing the way circumstances should be according to my ego. Again, this is something that I say and from somebody that I absolutely love and adore and is a mentor of mine, Peter Crone says, true happiness is the absence of the search for happiness. If you get that, you feel how powerful that is. Because then I'm no longer looking for something to make me happy anymore. Because I am, as I am. My happiness is no longer dependent on how somebody sees or views me, if they like what I have to post or if they don't, if they buy my program or if they don't, if they listen to my podcast or if they don't, I am not validated and my worth isn't dependent on how many views or comments I get. And that is freedom. When I am not trying and waiting and hoping for a day when I finally have happiness and I'm searching for it, when I can be in harmony with the way life unfolds and all that is, no matter what happens to me, that is the essence of true happiness. So as I wrap up, I just want to say, if you are struggling with people pleasing, if you're struggling with being a perfectionist, if you're struggling with caring about everybody else's judgments of you and trying to be good enough, trying to look good enough, trying to get the best body, trying to whatever. Those are just adaptations to an idea that you're not enough as you are. And I want to help you to return back to that truth because it will set you free. So if you don't hear it anywhere else, here's your reminder. You're not broken. Nothing's wrong with you. 
You are perfect as you are, and you can love all aspects of that person. If this podcast episode resonated with you, then let me know that. I would love for you to take a screenshot, to post it on social media, to tag me. Let me know what you took away from it. And also, I think we all could use a little bit more self-love and self-acceptance and compassion in our lives, don't you think? Stop being so hard on ourselves and judging ourselves so harshly. Well, that's exactly what I help you do in the Radiant Warrior Mini Mind. This is actually a six-week condensed version of the Radiant Warrior Mastermind that I just wrapped up with some amazingly powerful women last week. And because their experiences in this group coaching program was so impactful, it did not make sense to stop there. So I'm launching the Mini Mind starting the first week of May, and this is available to women that are serious about building connection, true connection and intimacy with themselves, with other people, and with their divine purpose. So I would ask you, if you are ready to stop living as a victim to your life, as a victim to the circumstances of the past, always trying to change what's already happened or avoid the pain of recreating that in the future, this program is for you. There are limited spots available and we get started on May 4th. If you know this is for you, you've been watching my stories, you've been listening to the podcast, maybe you're even in the Master Your Emotions Challenge and you're ready to take things to the next level, then this is for you. Trust me, you don't want to miss out. And there are only six spots left. So what you need to do is you need to go to the show notes. You can see where you can sign up to have a free discovery call with me. That will indicate that you're interested in the mini mind. We'll get on a quick call to talk through the details and tell you what you can expect. And then you will be able to secure your spot. So don't hesitate. This is an opportunity for you to take control of your life, for you to create the future that you've been dreaming of and that you desire and to find the inner peace that has been lacking for so long. So go sign up for a free discovery call with me. Let's chat. And I would love to support you through the Radiant Warrior Mini Mind. You can also get a sense for what the transformation is like from all the other women that have participated in this program before. Just go to my Instagram at Coach Tori Gordon, and you can watch and hear from my past participants in the Radiant Warrior Mastermind. The best part is the mini mind is only $500 for six weeks of group coaching. That means one call a week for six consecutive weeks. You guys, you guys, you have no idea how much of a bargain this is. A two hour intensive with me is the same price. So instead of two hours of a call, you get six weeks of coaching for the same $500. This will be the best investment you make in 2020 if you take the plunge say yes to yourself and yes to your life i will see you there may 4th go sign up today